The rule of three states, things that come in threes are inherently more appealing than those that don't. With the next generation GMC Sierra, Canyon, and Sierra Heavy Duty, we couldn't agree more. Whether you choose to have the world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate, available only on the next generation GMC Sierra SLT, AT4, and Denali models, to confidently take on heavy loads with the available 6.6-liter V8 Duramax turbo diesel in the GMC Sierra Heavy Duty, or to get behind the wheel of the only mid-size premium pickup on the road, the GMC Canyon, you'll realize all three help you do one thing. Go professional grade. Step up to GMC and get 20% below MSRP on next-generation 2019 GMC Sierra Double Cab and SLE Crew Cab models with a traditional tailgate. We are professional grade. GMC. Offer includes price reduction below MSRP and purchase allowance. Not available with special financing lease and some other offers. Take retail delivery by 9319. See participating dealer for details. Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero, the Dew Sweeper. You're about to listen to an episode of The Tour Coach, which is going to give you an inside look at coaching golf at the very highest level from on the PGA Tour with my guys all the way to here at Mobile, Alabama in the Dew Sweeper Dome as we help folks of all skill levels, all walks of life, learn to achieve their golfing goals. So here's a little sit down that I did this week with Andy Ogletree, who a couple weeks ago became the 2019 United States Amateur Champion. Can honestly say of all the things I get to do in instruction, that was one of the cooler moments for me being part of that and watching young man develop over four or five years and see him continually get better, watch the lessons he's learned, and then watch him play just such a fantastic week of golf. And see his self-belief and see his resolve in every text message and every phone call and then being part of something and watching a, a person's you know forever his golf life changes he'll always be a united states amateur champion and watch the opportunities unfold in front of him but i think the thing you're gonna get out of this is one his self-belief two you know just what a normal laid-back person he is and he is an absolute pleasure to coach I mean, he's one of the really good young men I've ever been around, and he deserves everything he's gotten. And I know that there's a lot of cool and great things ahead of him, but I'm so excited that he's taken a little bit of time to enjoy this and enjoy being part of the Walker Cup and all the things that have to come in front of him. And I think you're going to hear a lot more from Andy Ogletree, but I think you're going to like what he has to say today on the tour coach. So I'm sitting in here. This is one of the cooler people I've got to have on here sitting in with me is uh he is the reigning u.s amateur champ get about to head to the walker cup it's got a nice ring to it doesn't it andy yeah that's uh not too bad <laughs> uh andy ogletree he's the 2019 u.s amateur champ and andy we've worked together for you know since before you headed into georgia tech yeah. And I thought it'd be kind of cool to talk about, like, so I've been telling people, just so you know, like, I've told people for two, three years, like, I've told agents and people that, you know, like, Mac Barner, I've told people all along, like, watch this kid. I knew you were good, but you got a little better every year. You know how, like, some people make these big jumps, but I liked your progression a lot. I always told you that. We had a nice talk at Pebble last year at the USAM where I know you didn't play as good as you wanted. And I think you're a little disappointed, but like. Yeah, that was definitely a disappointing one just because I felt like I was in there really good, but. Right. But don't you think that like that that experience at Pebble, not making match play, 
and yeah. not getting very much out of it. And I remember we were standing by, we were standing over there at the practice facility at Pebble. This was before the tournament. We were just talking about the little things that you needed to get better at doing. And yeah, I remember, yeah, point system. right. And don't you think though, that like that experience was kind of a building block and a starter of what you've done this year? Yeah, for sure. The year before that, I played really well at Riviera, the USM. Came in like 14th in stroke play, but I shot 67 at Riv in the afternoon, which was like a really Unheard of. round. I think it was a low <laughs> round in the afternoon by a couple. And um, so I had a lot, of, a lot of confidence going into the USM at Pebble just because I played well at the USM the year before that. But yeah, I mean, I was hitting it great. We were all... We're well, maybe a little too fired up because I was in it so good, but I remember shooting even the first round at Pebble and just talking to you saying, like, I played really good out there and shot the highest possible score I could. I mean, you watched it. It was, mm-hmm. it was literally the highest score I could shoot. And I did a lot of that in the fall, too, this year. It was just really frustrating. And I, I remember putting the clubs down, and I told you I'm not touching them until I feel like <laughs> <laughs> um, I, really, I really want to get back at it, and I didn't until I was itching to go to the golf course. I didn't touch a club, and I think that really helped me going to the off season because when I picked them back up, I was ready to go and set some new goals. And I worked really hard over the off season and had a great spring and good summer and capped it off at the end. So it's, you know, it's interesting kind of coaching and teaching you because like stuff like that where you said. You know, I remember texting you and I said, Hey, you know, you want to get together, what you want to do before you head to school, this, that, and the other. And you were just like, I'm putting the clubs up for a while. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when I'm back. <laughs> and, and, yeah. but, but, it, but that's you. And, and, and that's a good thing, you know, and is a, yeah. and, you know, again, I think that that shows one how you've matured over four or five years. Obviously, you worked hard. Anybody that plays at your level and has the success you've had works hard. But what were the things that changed for you, like where you started? Because, like, I saw a lot of that from you, where you, like, you hit it way better than what the score added up to be. Yeah. A lot of it was just confidence and putting. I mean, I've always been a great ball striker. I mean, even when I was a junior player, I was really good ball striker when I started coming to you, but we've tightened some things up and obviously it's gotten better, but it hasn't been like drastic changes. Mm-hmm. Driving the ball has always been a strength. I've definitely gotten stronger and a little longer and there's a lot of things that have gone into it, but um, my short, my scoring average has gone from just over 72 my freshman year to just over 71 my sophomore year, just over 70 my junior year. And I don't think that's coincidence. I've just learned how to play more. So like every round that every round of competitive golf I've played, I got to school, I've learned something, and I've really done a good job of getting better at practicing, knowing how to practice, taking notes from prior tournaments, and uh, turning that into a practice schedule, and really being specific with what I'm doing and trying to be one step ahead on everything. The tour coach here. We've got the best sponsors in the entire world, and one of them. The folks at Vineyard Vines take the best care of me that anybody in the world could. Always going above and beyond to make sure I've got the best apparel out there as well as the best product and the best looking gear for me and all of my junior golfers and all the dew sweepers out there. And so now we want to share the love with those of you that like the Tour Coach podcast. So each and every week we're going to start a contest and we're going to draw a winner 
for a couple of hundred dollar gift cards where you can go online and get you some great looking Vineyard Vines golf. All you have to do is listen to the Tour Coach podcast and then go on Twitter and tweet me at Golf and at Vineyard Vines, hashtag Tour Coach, and put one of whatever is your favorite part of the Tour Coach podcast. You can do the same thing on Instagram. Go on Instagram, take a picture of the Tour Coach podcast, put what your favorite part of it is, and then just tag me at the Dew Sweeper and at Vineyard Vines, hashtag Tour Coach, and we'll do a drawing each week, and you can be the lucky winner of some Vineyard Vines gear. One thing I've noticed, and I don't think it's a coincidence, is like I've always thought you've been really good at like you've stayed on track with whatever it is we're working on. I think you've done one. You've done an amazing job with like you never try to be like you never try to swing like anybody else. We've always, from my point of view, we've always just tried to make Andy Ogletree's swing work the best it can for Andy. Yeah. And so like, but I thought the last year in particular, your commitment to like where you send videos, not every day, but where yeah. you like, where like you want to know, like you'll send it and you'll say, I'm hitting it great. What's it look like? So I, you know, you can understand it better. I think your commitment yeah. to that has, has increased a tremendous amount. Yeah. I used to never really worry about my swing, but now, I mean, I've noticed more so with my good swings to know why, why it feels good and why it's doing what I want it to do. I mean, more than just, oh, that felt good. That's going to do what I want it to do. When I can go back and look at an old video and say, oh, I was hitting it really good at this point. This ball felt right, and this is why it felt right. And I can go back to the swing thoughts I had with that video. I think that's helped me a lot. And just sending back and forth has definitely helped me because, I mean, it's hard for us to get together a lot. So, I mean, sometimes you just have to Sometimes you just have to go out and play and feel it, but there's definitely there's definitely benefits to taking videos and knowing why it's doing what it's doing. You know, and obviously as you transition, you know, this time next year, you obviously your schedule will be a little different. You'll be playing a little different stuff. And then it actually gets easier. People don't understand, but it actually gets easier to work, like in my situation, because you're you're at events that are easier to get to and so forth. But you know, I just think it's fascinating, like how you've developed where so many, to me, so many players become so dependent on a teacher. Like I know you see that with folks and yet you've really just strived yeah. to understand it better yourself and like almost be able to self coach yourself. And that doesn't mean yeah. I'm not doing a good job. That just means you're getting better at understanding. It. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Jimmy Gamlin taught me how to play was always big on knowing why you want to know why mm-hmm. if you don't if you don't know why it's doing what it's doing i mean you're just wasting time and he would say he would always say what does that feel like mm-hmm. when i when i feel like doing what did i what was i thinking what did i feel in my swing that was different and over time i mean once once you get a miss going you usually have some type of thoughts to go back to at least a good player does mm-hmm. and uh not the only time that i call freaking out is when I go through everything I can think of that doesn't feel right, which is not very often. So I've become pretty good at figuring it out on my own, for sure, I would say. So let's, you know, people want to know about U.S. Amateur Week, as they should. And so let's take us through a little bit that week. So early in the week, you actually, oddly enough, you sent a couple videos to me in the practice rounds. (laughs) 
where you said it's terrible was the good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and, you know, and I was like, so what did we do though? We went back to the same two or three things that we've worked on, which was one to make sure you get turned behind it. Cause you tend to not yeah, and yeah. start your swing with your turn, not swinging your yeah, arms. Yeah. And then I didn't hear yeah, from you for an hour or two. And you're just like, it's great. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, I was just taking it back with my hands a little outside on the way back. And so I wanted to kind of feel turning more into my right heel, which was taking it back from my chest a little more from the ball. And, uh, and then it was a setup issue. I was too much in my toes mm-hmm. at a dress, which was causing me. No, I was too much in my heels at a dress, which is causing heels. me to go into my toes at impact. Mm-hmm. And that was causing me to hit off the heel and hit this little miss that was slow on the face. It would go a little right. And, uh, Ball practice round, just couldn't figure it out Saturday. And, I mean, I, I thought of everything I could think of. <laughs> I eventually just said, it's terrible, and I sent a video. <laughs> and, um, but we went from there, and you just said, kind of sit back. No, you said, get on your toes more to dress and stay there, which basically was just get to the middle of your feet because I was so far on my heels. Right. Telling me to get on my toes just got me to the middle. But, yeah, all week just kept, kept going back to that, weight on the middle of my feet. And turning it back with my chest and flushed it all week, honestly. After we figured it out Saturday afternoon, I went out Sunday morning and made eight threes in the practice round. <laughs> and, uh, from then on, I felt really good about it and just knew it was just, it was kind of up to me at that point. Right. It was, Pinehurst is a mental test as much as physical and you just have to take what the course gives you. There's not a lot of birdies out there, but, um, you just hit it to the right spots and stay sticking. I mean, it sounds so cliche, but stick to your game plan all week. I did a great job of that. Made some really good decisions and under a lot of pressure, which uh, showed that I've matured a lot in my game. You know, and, and you said something to me. You, I, you, I'm sure you remember, but like I texted you like, how is how how is it feeling? Right. I text every day yeah. and just check. And and, you know, you said, if I if I keep doing what I'm doing, and I play the course the way the course was meant to be played. You said, I don't think anybody's going to beat me here this week. Yeah. And I remember seeing that and I was like, well, damn, that's, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, that's just, that's just where I was. And I don't know. I felt this really calm confidence all week that was like nothing I'd ever really experienced, which is kind of weird because it's the biggest stage of my life, but mm-hmm. it was really cool. And <laughs> I think. Honestly, my whole life is kind of built up to this. I mean, I won a lot of senior tournaments when I was younger. Got to college, didn't didn't really do what I'd hoped to do the first couple of years. And this year, got myself in contention a lot, and just never really got it never really got it done. But I was always near the leaderboard in contention. And uh, you can't be taught that kind of stuff. You just kind of have to be there and learn from it and say, oh, well, why didn't I win this tournament? Or, what could I have done better to give myself a better chance coming down the stretch? And I did a great job of learning from every tournament. And I won one earlier this summer at the Monroe, which was a great breakthrough because it's been a while since I've got it done and learned how to win again. And just, I, I felt, felt like I was going to win all week. What are some of the things you learned from the times that you weren't successful? Because those are the things that are interesting to me as a teacher and a coach. And I agree, like, like I can't teach you that. 
You know, I love yeah. hanging out with you and we work. And I mean, one of the things I enjoy about coaching and teaching is I enjoy the time that we spend working and like, yeah. and, and I learn from you. And, but what are some of those things that, that you've learned? Cause they're not, they're not something we draw like, you know, yeah. on the, the computer main, screen. The main thing I would say that I learned was just that it doesn't have to be perfect to win. For the longest time, I thought everything had to be perfect and I would get so, I would be so hard on myself. It'd be, it'd be the first round of a tournament and I'd be two under with three to play with a par five to go and shoot two under and think I left two strokes out there. Just stuff like that when it's like, I mean, you got 36 more holes. It's not the big a deal. <laughs> the amount of times I've gone out and shot below 130 in 36 holes is, I mean, I've done it so many times in qualifying and practice. Like, I shouldn't be freaking out about that kind of stuff. And I, I mean, I never really freaked out anyway, but shouldn't put pressure on yourself and beat yourself up for not converting. I mean, it's tell, a hard game. yourself every, every hole, every hole is another chance. You miss a five footer. I mean, nobody on tour makes a hundred percent of their five footers. So it's just like an odds, an odds percentage game. And you just have to just keep going. I mean, that sounds, sounds boring and, like there's not much to it, but it's true. And I just I learned that you don't have to be perfect to win. You don't get a ball up and down, get the next one up and down. You just make good decisions, stick to your game plan, and if you do that over the course of 54 holes, you're probably going to end up somewhere at the top. So you're not going to win all of them. Every now and then something has to go right, and it's just maybe one one ball kicks left instead of right, and you win. Mm-hmm. Just kind of going in with that mindset has helped me a lot. You know, to me, from like I, 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 as much as I wanted to go to Pinehurst because I learned to play golf there, it's my favorite place. Yeah, couldn't get there, but like I was watching on TV, and and my favorite, actually, my biggest, the like the big moment for me was the semifinal for you, where you you beat Co and Trolio, who great young player, man, I was so impressed. But like neither of y'all played that well. Nah. You know, like to me, those are the hard ones sometimes. Everybody thinks like, oh, it's, you know, when two guys go out there and they shoot six under, that's harder. But like to me, when nobody's playing good, sometimes that's to me the harder one to kind of stay in it and, and yeah. get it done. <laughs> I'm a big believer in, in match play. You kind of play to your competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easy to, to not stay on the gas and get, not keep your mind focused when, you're, when your competitor is making bogeys. It's easy to make bogeys yourself. And, yeah, it was really good to, to figure that one out and just grind it out. It gave me a lot of confidence. I mean, I, the amount of times I've seen articles that say, oh, my gosh, Andy Ogletree shot seven over in the semifinals of the USM and won. <laughs> like, who cares? I, I won the USM. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's irrelevant. And, I mean, I don't think people understand that in match play, there's sometimes when you go for shots and, end up making a six on the card when you never make a six in stroke play. But I hate when they, when I hate when they make it, make a match play tournament and count your strokes. That's just, it's not relevant. You're playing one person, even though you're, you're still trying to play yourself. You're not, there's some points that taking, taking chances that you would never take in stroke play. So I don't think, uh, there's a correlation there, but I definitely didn't play as good as I did during the final match. And, but I did, I did everything I needed to do the whole week. So I think I learned a lot from the semifinal match as well. And let's talk about the final matches. We wrap it up, but like, so you, you know, you, 
obviously playing a great player. Augustine yeah. from Vanderbilt, he played awesome all week. You get off like, you know, if you just look at the scorecard, like, or you turn on online score and you see that you're four down, right? Yeah. But then when you look like you're three under par or something, you know, two or three under yeah. par. Yeah, I remember talking to my caddy after the 11th hole, and I said, I want under par, and I'm four down. <laughs> but, uh, that's the beauty of match play, and if it was an 18-hole match like all the other ones, it would have been over, and there was nothing I could do about it, even though I shot three under par. So when I say that to win a tournament like that, some stuff has to go right, and it definitely has to. And you can't just, I mean, Tiger Woods was, what, seven down in one of his U.S. games? So, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it takes some stuff going your way, and it went my way, and I never, I never let it get to me. That was the biggest thing. I was four down through five, but never once did I think I was going to lose that match. And just kept finding a way to claw back and claw back, and I made two really critical birdies to finish out the morning eighteen birdies, seventeen and eighteen. After missing a short putt on sixteen, kind of let him off the hook, but made two birdies there and had some momentum going to the afternoon round, which I think helped a lot. Definitely made the launch a little more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And uh, birdie the first hole to start the second 18 and never really looked back from there. Awesome stuff. I mean, just an unbelievable finish. I mean, and I was a nervous wreck watching, but you were obviously <laughs> much more under control. <laughs> but yeah. So now everything changes. I mean, not everything changes, but obviously the opportunities in front of you – Obviously, going to play your senior year at Tech. You guys are awesome team. You got so much yeah. good stuff going there. But obviously, next summer changes for you. I mean, you've created so many opportunities for you. I'm so excited about watching you and the opportunities that you've given yourself with major championships and stuff sure. creates yeah. a special chance for you. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, all the benefits that come with this tournament are just unreal. And there's only one way to get into a lot of those as an amateur, and I've done that. So. It's really special and still sinking in everything that's coming with it. But first and foremost, the Walker Cup this week. Mm -hmm. I, I went into the USAM not not thinking once about the Walker Cup. And uh, I think a lot of guys were right on the border of making it or not making it. But um, I wasn't even on the watch list. So backdoor that team and give myself this opportunity to play for the country and be on this really elite team is, is awesome. And can't wait to get over there and play Lincoln's golf. I've never played it, so I think it's going to be a really fun week and great players. Just being a Walker Cup member means a lot to me, and every PJ Tour player, a lot of PJ Tour players that have played on the Walker Cup still think it's one of the most special events they've ever played, and so I'm not going to take that for granted, and glad to be on that team. And looking forward to it. I, I always tell folks the coolest things I've ever been to have been to watch Walker Cups. I, I can't go because I'm I'm not unfortunately, but I'm getting married that weekend. So they, there was a scheduling <laughs> yeah, conflict. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hope she's not listening, but <laughs> just be mad at both of us. But, um, don't there. no, no, but you know, it's <laughs> such a cool deal. Like I really believe that like it's, and because it's just pure golf, you know, not yeah. as commercialized as like the Ryder cups and the president's cup. I mean, it's such, and, and you guys have such a great team. And the talent level yeah. is so high. So it's going to be so, I'm, and, and again, I'm just so proud of you being able to do it. And I, I think it's just such a cool experience for you. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We had, we had a walk cup practice last week back at Pinehurst. It was cool to be back at Pinehurst, but it was really, it was just, it was the cooler part was just being with the team and the team dinners and the friends you make. I mean, these, I'll play with these guys hopefully for a long time to come. So 
it's really cool. That's awesome stuff. And we're, again, you know how proud we are of you. We're looking forward, obviously, to continuing to work in and you continue yeah, to get better. Sure. And I know Augusta's, obviously, that week's going to be a special week for you. I'm excited about yeah. being part of that and uh, so many good things ahead. And just best of luck to you in the Walker Cup and in the upcoming year. And and uh, I know you're crazy with heading to qualifying, catching up at school. Thanks for sitting in with me. I know you I know you probably had some more exciting, riveting stuff you could have done today. Oh, no, it's all good. Thanks all right. for having me. Andy, talk to you soon. Best of luck, buddy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Tour Coach with Tony Ruggiero. If you enjoyed this, make sure to hit subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening to this podcast. You can stay up to date because we have weekly episodes coming your way with fascinating people in the world of golf instruction at the highest level. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned. If you want to learn more about Tony, head over to dosweepersgolf.com to get all the details on what he's up to. Maybe you want to see him, grab a lesson, or go to one of his camps, pick up his book, Lessons from the Legends. You can do that there. If you want to see Tony in action with some videos and other content, head over to golfsciencelab.com slash Tony to get more info there. This episode was powered by the Golf Science Lab and was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. There's one thing if you know about me, if you've listened to the Dew Sweepers, you've come to listen to me talk, is you know I'm big on loyalty. We give 100% here at the Dew Sweepers. We put a lot of emotional investment into everything we do with every one of our players. And the same can be said for our partners and the folks that have been with us for the long haul and help the Dew Sweepers, help our juniors, help us get to our tour players. And so I want to give a special thanks to our sponsors. Our sponsors are, first and foremost, Buick and our local Buick dealers here around the Southeast, Shrixon Cleveland Golf, who've been with me for over a dozen years, and their belief and support of what we do here with the Dew Sweepers. And lastly, the folks at Vineyard Vines. The folks at Vineyard Vines love what we do with junior golf. They support us on the road. There isn't a better family or group of people that are going to help us look our best, play our best, and have more fun than the folks at Vineyard Vines. So special thanks to our sponsors, Please support those as you get the opportunity. And for more information about any of those, check us out at dosweepersgolf.com or you can always check me out on Instagram at the Dewsweeper.